Hello there guys and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week I'm joined by my friend Dave Hope under his new artist name, Dope. I've known Dave for a number of years now and I knew him for a mutual friend of ours called Tom and Tom was actually on the podcast a few times quite early on. We did an episode about The Room and we did another episode about music and genres and things I think. Uh, it was within the first 40 or 50 episodes of Genuine Chit Chat and we keep meaning to do another episode but obviously then lockdown hit this year so it kind of wiped off doing a lot of in-person conversations and whatnot. Um, but anyway aside from that um, Dave has got some interesting music out on Spotify and on SoundCloud. I've included links in the description to that. I'm generally not as much of a fan of the genre of music that he's kind of in. I kind of vaguely say it's kind of like chill step or uh, house music kind of, but he kind of calls it progressive electronica. And I gave it a go. And genuinely, as I've said in this episode, there are a couple of tracks I really, really like. Monday Morning especially is a, is a standout song for me. So even if you're not necessarily into that genre of music, it is still interesting to hear Dave talk about everything that kind of goes into making that kind of music especially as someone who is into a lot of the same sort of music as I am you know heavy metal prog rock but also pop punk and lots of other things like that so you know I will say going into this even if you're not into the sort of genre give it a go Dave is a really really lovely guy he had a really cool conversation and also the music he's making is genuinely really good too so just before the chat gets started, a couple of bullet points. Um, we speak about how Dave's musical interests sort of started and some of his previous projects, as well as how it was releasing Dope in amidst lockdown, musical influences. We speak about genres for a little bit as well, um, as well as how Dave actually names his tracks because his tracks don't really have vocals in them. So it's interesting hearing that side of things. He speaks about how he's going to potentially perform Dope live. He speaks about the artwork. We talk about motivation and distractions and things. And there are little tangents here and there. We speak about other stuff too but that is generally what we kind of speak about i did also want to add that at the start of the conversation for the first few minutes i do kind of natter on a little bit i want to clarify after that it is much more of a back and forth and we do actually get to hear dave talk beer yeah, just want to clarify that in case you're a new listener and you're like why the hell is the host talking so much that's why <laughs> anyway as I've said, all the links are in the show notes of this episode. So we've got Spotify, SoundCloud, Instagram, and Facebook. I think Dave did say he's going to be sorting out a Twitter account for Dope as well at some point, which when he does, I'll be posting about that on social media. Um, but yeah, that's more or less it without just going into what we're speaking about in depth. So really hope you guys enjoy this chat. And I'll be back at the end of the conversation to tell you what's coming up over the next few weeks and things and lots of the other stuff I've been involved with, guest spots and whatnot, as well as information about my other podcasts. Star Wars comics in canon so be sure to stick around for that really hope you guys enjoy the chat give Dave all the love you can as well when you finish this I'm sure he will appreciate it greatly and I'll talk to you guys at the end welcome to genuine chit chat where we have honest conversations with interesting people and I'm your host Mike Burton It is one of those things. I mean, the, the only... Oh, press record now. Why not? Um, the only reason on Facebook my name is Mike Burton is instead of Michael Burton, because it was Michael when I, I think I started on Facebook, God knows how long ago, and someone just said, I tried looking for you on Facebook, and I couldn't find Mike Burton anywhere. And I was like, I don't think... I was thinking, I was like, I don't think anyone even knows me as Michael, like, except my mum. Did you think back to the last time you actually introduced yourself as Michael to anybody? I don't even do. I can't even think about it. Like even at work, like <laughs> my signature on my email is Mike because there's a there was another Michael in the office and he preferred being called Michael and I preferred being called Mike. So it was just like, and then sometimes people would 
they'd mishear my name. Like, it's quite hard to mishear Mike unless people say Mark, which is... <laughs> that, Mike? Yeah. But if you say Michael, somehow people get the most... They just hear M and then two syllables. So they go, oh, I'm um, here calling for Matthew. It's like, well, there's no one called Matthew here. Oh, <laughs> why not Marcus? It's like you're, yeah. just, you're just guessing now. Just it's like... Different name bracket. Yeah. Gone. It's very exciting having one of the most generic names on the planet. I'm sure you're very excited about having that. Yes, yeah, well, I'm slap bang in the middle of that little pond. <laughs> I've actually met other people. Uh, there's, there's a Facebook group called Mike Burton Forever, and I got invited into it by another Mike Burton about three or four years ago, and there's like 26 Mike Burtons in there. And whenever someone posts, it comes to Christmas, and someone goes, Happy Christmas, Mike. And then you've just got loads of Mike Burtons all liking it. I mean, it's quite exciting in that regard. No one says anything to each other any other time of the year, but it, it's exciting <laughs> in that way. You need to be spicing up that community. Then, then. <laughs> I need to go in there like, Mike's got a yeah. podcast for you. Lock down, meet up on the go. Or maybe I'll change the podcast so for um, every episode I will interview a different Mike Burton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be an amazing study. It, it would be. It'd be interesting to see what differences there were. But it, it's actually funny. It kind of links in with what um, what we're speaking about, which, well, I've pressed record and we've already got the jibber-jabbering going on. Um, there's a Mike Burton on Spotify who is an American individual. I'm pretty certain I looked him up and I believe that he's a person of colour. And his he's got a song out it's called like let the church say or something and it's surprisingly good and i thought just i, I followed him on spotify because i was like i typed in my own name onto spotify uh just because i'm egotistical clearly i want to see if my podcast would come up if you type in just my name um and this other artist came yeah. up and i was like okay let's listen and then i listened to a couple of tracks I was like, this is okay and they released a new song recently i was like this is actually quite good so i think next year almost for a goof i'm just gonna reach out to this guy, see if I can have him on because it would be just like, we've got the same name and that's hilarious. But also, because I just want to like name the episode like Mike Burton, a conversation with myself or some sort of, like I get one <laughs> stupid idea in yeah. my head and then that's I'll try cool. anything to be able to c- get that idea. That's that's how this podcast has been going for three years. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, All the different buttons. It's one of my, my most famous episodes, weirdly enough, is uh, when we've had the guy from uh, the Church of Satan on. And all that happened was I heard something about the Church of Satan and I just went on their website, filled in a contact form, and then someone came back to me and was like, yeah, we'll go on your podcast uh, as long as you don't, you know, you aren't a dick about it. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, so we want. But I got you on the podcast for a reason, not just that we mm. know each other outside of podcasting. You knew me pre-podcast, which is, you know, rare and congratulations. <laughs> Huzzah. Yeah, well, <laughs> but you're releasing music now is that, that so what you tell everyone what you what your name is on spotify what you're vaguely sort of doing if you've got any social media you want anyone to follow you on and then we'll go into it from there yeah fair enough well my artist name is dope like capital d h o p e and i'm a general electronic artist on spotify soundcloud facebook instagram there's plenty of other like sort of dopes around, <laughs> so it can be a little bit difficult. But my general artwork's quite colourful and vibrant. It's generally easy to pick me out of the crowd. But yeah, I like to kind of make sort of hip hop beats, electronica. I'm generally quite heavily influenced by like Gorillas and Justice and sort of like I don't know, sort of hybrid hip hop electronic music, really. Mm. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> And I think, obviously, I've 
I don't know when we met, because uh, we met through Tom, who's been on the podcast two or three times. As we had a podcast, we just spoke about The Room and The Disaster Artist. Uh, <laughs> so that was great. That was a lot of fun. That was quite early on. Um, was a lot of, yeah, it's, it's just so good. I could talk about The Room and Disaster Artist all day. Um, but we met through him... I don't know when I've I've met all of the sort of Tom's friends at random points, and I it's normally a Halloween party. That's normally how. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always one to look forward to. <laughs> oh yeah, hopefully next year we'll maybe get another one after figure out some sort of costume. Oh yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we met ages ago, uh, and have you have you done music before? Uh, dope. Have you done any like? Have you been in any bands or anything like that? Um, various. Well. As far as being like, actually putting music out there, I'm part of like a little duo with a friend called Sam hmm. as like a, a brand named Damn Save, just kind of like general house music. Again, yeah. a bit like dopey, but like a bit more sort of refined in that sense. But um, I did, I was in a band years ago, like a, like a glam 80s band. <laughs> Amazing. I only did maybe like a, I don't know about ten different gigs around Hampshire, but that was kind of like my claim to fame. Apart from doing sort of miscellaneous college gigs, yeah, yeah, it's I don't know they're a bit of a a bit of a wincer if you're there sort of like picking <laughs> up about it. <laughs> yeah. So did you like because listening to your music? Um, I especially liked. I've made a couple of notes because I'm professional. Um, Ooh. you've got basically two EPs out at the moment and. There's the isolation EP that you released uh, first, and then you've got the newest EP, which Midfi, which I like the name of that. Um, I'd say my favourite tracks uh, of of your music thus far on the isolation EP. I think COVID was my favourite because um, I'm pretty certain that it says, "Is it say stay inside?" At some point, quite a lot in there. <laughs> yeah, I like that bit. That's it. I trust to prove I did listen. I was listening for like a whole day. I got kind of sucked into it, and then I was I was working, and it was just on your all your music on a loop, and I was like. Oh yeah, I've I've just been listening for hours, so it's great. And um, Monday morning, yeah. I think Monday morning is probably my favourite of all your tracks. I, I really, really like the one, that, the way that one sounds. Yeah, cool. yeah nice one. Whereas that one was like a pig. It was really hard to make sound even halfway good. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a labour of love. It took a long time, and I don't know. I kind of got to a point where I was like, I'm hurting more than helping, and it needs to <laughs> it needs to come out. <laughs> it needs to be born. <laughs> it needs to grow on its own. I was doing no good to it. Did you like decide to like release this sort of stuff? Because obviously we're in uh, lockdown two electric bungalow, and this is this will be released in a week or two, uh, so it'll be quite soon. So obviously we're recording this at the end of November in 2020, mm. and obviously lockdown in England happened as we were talking before I recorded. Just be- like the weekend after we last saw each other, which is when we had um, the Battlefield Live sort of uh, shooting thing. And mm. like, did you yeah. decide to do this in lockdown? Or does it slightly before? Uh, when did you kind of... It's been, it's been an aspiration for ages. And I, I slowly but surely got the kit together and kind of, I don't know, kind of for my own laziness to really sort of like knuckle down. Because... It started off as just like a bit of practice. Like I played guitar for years and years and then that sort of blossomed into trying to make my own tracks and trying to just make anything really cohesive, like whilst learning a bit of dopey theory, you know, like not really learning all of it, but just enough to like play a tune and make anything. And then, yeah, it kind of grew with that. I really 
didn't have enough money to kind of have like a decent computer. So I sort of went halfway with like an iPad Pro because mm. I had an iPad anyway, but like it, it literally would like bust its balls to, <laughs> to open one <laughs> app and like record anything. So I was like, well, I can't really do much with this. But then when I got the Pro, it, 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 it just allowed me to do everything that I wanted to do like at that time in like a very basic way. And over the last few years, like it's just kind of like got more and more, like I've been more obsessed with it, like just doing it every day and sort of making all the mistakes that I could possibly make and like not really realizing them until like <laughs> it's too late. And I've shown someone being like really proud, like, oh, yeah, it's my, it's my best work. I'm so proud of it. And then like kind of listening to any other music and being like, wow, God, it's awful. No way. <laughs> I need to go back to the drawing board. So yeah, like it's like even the stuff that I've put out so far, like I've learned different things, even with every track, but then almost not bothered to go back to correct too much. And I don't know, just to kind of like leave it in a bit of like an anthropologic sort of way. It's like a stepping stone as I'm going through it. Mm. It'd be nice to hear like how things adjust and change like as I go through and release different things. And have you got like quite a, a big bank of sort of songs in uh, not in kind of either unfinished or they they need some tweaking or things like that? Like, have you got like like a folder on your uh, on your iPad or your computer that was just like you glare at it and it glares at you and you double click it there and there's just fucking bits and pieces of music everywhere. Yeah, you better believe there's there's a library there. Like in in the geekiest reference ever, it's like Nurgle's pop, just full of horrible horrible things that i don't know you need a lot of work but i kind of listen to them just a lot you know like i'll just sit in the geekiest way and just like listen to these like i don't know half nothing tracks because sometimes when like i don't know you've just been listening to things for a long time like i'll be at work and like a complete nothing tune will come into my head that i thought oh well that was like a 20 minute jam that i thought i'd forget about but then I'm really excited to then go back to work on it and like have an idea that's fresh that sort of like beeps it up and bamps it. So that can be quite fun. But like I do have a folder of like release and things that like I definitely like the sound of and I'm, I'm going to go back to work on. Hmm. So that's kind of like nice to know that that's there. But yeah, it's you can get lost in like the endless well of not deleting anything. <laughs> <laughs> Being proud of all of it and then just sort of one day listening to it with honest ears and being like, oh, God, <laughs> I'm a joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I genuinely, like, when it comes to music, I like... Uh I normally like a couple of things in relatively every genre. Like this is more for the listeners because I'm, I'm, I'm sure you already know, but like, you know, I like death metal and hardcore, but then also rap, but also pop music and also some classical randomly. And it's just bits and pieces from everywhere. So normally... I like to think of myself as genre fluid. Uh, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, I know it's terrible. Um, it's <laughs> great. I, I definitely <laughs> Yeah. It, it's just one of those things where like, I don't, it, it's almost like I, I like hearing new music regardless of the genre because the job, like there's certain people like who a lot of people really, really don't like anything heavy and that's fine. But it means that if you don't like heavy stuff, then if you show anyone really good heavy music, they're still not going to like it. Um, so I kind of try to pr to uh, be proud of me being able to like a lot of stuff. And I genuinely, as I said, like I really do like uh, your stuff. Like um, I'm the the genre. 
I don't want to uh, put your music into a genre because yeah. the deeper you go into music, the more you try to genre stuff, it's just a fucking mess. Like, but yeah. it, it's got that, the best way I could almost describe it, and please tell me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like it's got a bit of house, a bit of uh, chill step, a bit of like, it's like, it's pleasantly chilled out music, but there's a lot going on. Yeah, well, I mean, sometimes I find some of those genres, like, you almost want, well, I, I, will, I was always kind of wanting it to do that as such, like, I don't know, have the chill step element, but then, like, maybe be following up with, like, a different house beat, or it, it kind of stems from, like, being a dream theatre fan, I think, really. Oh, nice, <laughs> yeah. And, like, what you were saying about metal earlier is quite funny, and, like, it, it's quite hard, like, like you say, to get anyone that's never really been that into it and doesn't really sort of, like, converse with anyone that does and then show them it and sort of be, like, try and explain why you're into it so much. Mm. But then, because I literally kind of started on, like, heavy metal, I got into, like, sort of classic rock from my parents, and then through the, through the 90s, I'd sort of hear my, like, sister listening to, like, Korn and The Prodigy and stuff. And yeah, kind of like sort of in a weird way that kind of walked me into what I thought was cool. So like I instantly sort of stepped into metal and sort of like felt very at home. But then like coming from that background, it's it seemed easier to get into all other kinds of, of music because you're so accepting to like the fill. <laughs> <laughs> so like what most people would call, I guess, like the bottom of the barrel. Because I mean, even to this day, I find it hard to explain. It's It's like a... Uh, like a tribal primal thing sometimes like the endless rhythms and like the pounding drums like there's something very animalistic about it and it sort of taps into that but in the same way that house music kind of does a, a similar thing in like a very <laughs> finessed kind of bouncy way which is why like i kind of i'm quite interested in it like the drums almost seem sort of abstract but as they all sit in it creates this like mega groove that like Sometimes, like, I don't know, well, I guess people party to it all night. So, like, it's an infectious groove that you just can't stop. <laughs> and it's kind of magical, like, if you just get to hit it. Like, I, don't, I still don't think I really have hit <laughs> right, like, the house beat. Yeah, it is weird because, like, with me, like, I'm trying to get um, my girlfriend, Megan. I'm tr- She went, like, we've been dating now for two and a half years. And she, she hasn't got necessarily a closed i'd call it a narrow music taste more than anything but that's not because she doesn't she's open to other stuff it's just because she's not ventured into the wider uh, world of music in a lot of ways and and my sort of goal is to try and get her into heavy stuff i'm not like for i don't you know i'm not playing like you know bring me the horizons um first two albums at her all the time you've got to dip the toe really haven't you yeah well that's what i've explained to her freaks and screams in a track (laughs) Yeah, that oh, and then like maybe set it up a bit. Exactly. Yeah. So I, it was like she likes certain Pierce the Veil tracks. They've got shouting in. There's a little bit of data. Remember, she likes has got shouting in. You know, there's there's different and then different parts. Like there's a there's a couple of Architect songs she likes now. So and Bring Me the Horizon, but new Bring Me the Horizon, not like Suicide Season. It's cracking out, but I'm not going to try that. Um, but. <laughs> It is it's interesting with me trying to get her into that because I'm having like a renaissance of some of the old music I used to like because I'm trying to. Not to sound like an asshole, but like your music taste does evolve to a degree. And now when I want something heavy, because I've had the last 10 years of listening to uh, heavy metal and stuff, or probably 12, uh, 12 plus years, I don't know. Uh, you know, you start off with, I've always loved Slipknot and they're one of my favorite bands ever. And then you go, Corn, yeah. who are really amazing as well. And you've got sort of those sort of bands who are kind of 
stage two or three. You know, stage one is like, you know, Linkin Park, maybe Lost Profits, but you don't say their name anymore, you know. But are you, you know, ready? <laughs> but it's it's those sort of things. And you you know, you get to Bullet for My Valentine and you slowly like Tears Don't Fall was one of the first songs she I think it was the first song she ever loved that's got shouting in. And yeah. It's, it's one of those things when I hear Tears Don't Fall now, I'm like, that's not heavy. Like, it, it is compared to fucking Taylor Swift. But, it, you know, yeah. when, when you hear, like, even earlier a Slipknot, now it is heavy music. But I listen to, like, Knox Loose and there's other bands uh, that I know Tom listens to, like Martyr Defiled and things like that. And it's like, yeah. when you get into music that's that heavy, n- nothing... Like the only thing I don't really like is black metal, um, and I like the old Cradle of Filth song, and I don't like, I like very little amount of deathcore. Like it, when it's just blast beats and just someone shouting constantly. Yeah, yeah it's it's, uh, it's don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> it pushes me a bit, but I like Nox Loose. They're probably the, my favourite. Really, really heavy band, Nox Loose. I've, but- I've always found that it completely depends on what people define as heavy. Mm. Like, because some people would say that black metal is, is is like it's heavy metal. It's kind of like I don't know, like, but I've, I've never really thought of this. You know, like heavy for me is like I don't know if your head wants to like go from standing and then touches the floor and back like and it's, <laughs> a breakdown. But that's damn heavy. But uh, yeah, some people I don't know because it's it's guess if you, if you just see it as heavy metal and you, like, mm. you have that kind of moniker to it, it's always going to have that kind of corny image, really, isn't it? Like the I don't yeah. know, sort of. Viking style, it, <laughs> it can like every fans are still like sort of cranking on with that stuff and like making a great career out of it. So I mean, it's it, people definitely like it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, metal's getting into the mainstream again. Like in in the nineties and early two thousands, it kind of you know with bands like Linkin Park and System of a Down and Slipknot, you know, to some degree, they did kind of. There's always this resurgence. It kind of goes up and down. You know, it's almost like the goalposts get moved every time it happens. Because you know, back back in the eighties. You know, Motley Crue, they were considered heavy metal. And then when Metallica and, like, they all were around the same sort of time, when Metallica and Anthrax and Slayer, they're like, okay, no, that's heavy. Now, now yeah. it's more glam metal. But now you wouldn't consider Motley Crue or Kiss as glam metal anymore necessarily. They're more glam rock because where metal, like, Metallica's not heavy metal anymore. It's actually just metal or classic metal because heavy metal, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, it becomes this weird mess. Mm, yeah, it was. It's it's weird, isn't it? How like it started topping itself, as in like it was like right, this is the new heavy. Now the new heavy, but then like started to have these little branches and subversions and different avenues that people will take it in. Like it's it's quite broad, really, isn't it? Like if you really want to get into like heavy metal, there's there's so many different types mm. and so many different like nuances and niches. Yeah, it, it gets out of control. Yeah, it it does. And it's one of those things that I always, like whenever I speak to uh, musical artists on the podcast, I, I never like, I like to say, I kind of feel like it's sort of this genre. And then I push the question more to them because like, I don't want to say, hey, your music is this because I, I know there's almost nothing more frustrating than uh, someone trying to pigeonhole your genre. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. But it's, especially with certain types as well, like especially nowadays, I think that I don't know, like there's there's so many different genres and people are taking so many different influences and like mixing them. It's almost like one gets created all the time mm-hmm. all the different sounds. But I mean it's it's quite easy, like electronic is good for me, I like it. It's it's it's, it's quite broad and allows many different things to be incorporated. 
Yeah, and I want to ask with some of your uh, song titles and things, like with Monday Morning, uh, which I'm going to pull to because that is the one that really stood out to me. I mean, I've, to be honest with you, I've, I've written down all the track names and things, and I can remember when I hear certain ones, they do kind of feel as they're named, I kind of feel. But I want to ask you like how I've always been interested by when there's a, a music that doesn't really have a true vocal, obviously there are vocal samples and things in your tracks, but there's not like a vocalist singing the whole time. So how do you, how do you name the tracks in that sort of regard? And do you, when you create them, do you have like, like you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but like, do you have like a, like Monday morning as an example, did you have a feeling about Monday mornings and then the the song kind of went with that or was it the other way around like I mean in, I'm intrigued by the naming of the song and how that kind of pieces together it, it's quite a fun one to be fair like because it happens in different ways for every single one mm. most of the time I've I've named the track like a, a, a stupid name just to like have it like as as a project and that usually sticks with it right up until the end so like more often than not that's what I'm going to call it near the end like I'm that, Country Gone Dream actually was that case. Like it, it stayed as that. Oh, nice name. But like by the time I finished with it, I was like, "That's what it is." Like, I can't, <laughs> like that's it's glued to it now. But um, Monday mornings was a uh, carnation in the pocket <laughs> for about <laughs> six months, and then right before release, I I, I just thought it it makes no sense. It's, it's bad. It's it's got nothing to do with like the track itself, and so I. Just on a whim, probably over half an hour, sat down and listened to it like loads and tried to listen to it with like different ears, I suppose, as though I was listening to it for the first time. And I don't know, it's got a bit of a a pip in its steps. I was like, (laughs) yeah, Monday mornings, even though I hate Monday mornings. I don't know, it's it's nice to sort of turn that around. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, you should feel good on Monday mornings. This is what you should listen to Monday mornings. (laughs) Well, exactly. I mean, I, I feel it's like. It is your your music is uh, with, with the two releases of of the EPs that I've listened to. They are it, there's a way of it's almost like oddly optimistic, oddly pleasant in a way of it's not happy music. It's it's not like you know walking down the street and everyone's like cheering and finger guns at each other. It's not that. It's just this undertone of sort of. It's almost dark optimism, almost kind of like the world is shit, but let's try and be happy about it. That's kind of the vibe I almost get in some ways. Yeah, yeah. I guess something like I've never really even thought about it before. That's really cool. But yeah, I suppose because like the glee of me making it is almost there. Although, admittedly, the glee ish kind of happy sound is because I work around a C major quite a lot. <laughs> And the theory of the C major scale, like to the T, but if I then change the notes, it gets quite confusing for me. So, like that, obviously, I think lends a hand to make it sound quite optimistic. But I mean, that kind of goes with my general like outlook and view. Anyway, I do like I don't know the beauty of the the darker side and like the undertones of the things that maybe aren't said or whatever. Like, not really that I'm conveying much of that in like messages to the music, but. Oh yeah, it, I guess it's sort of a reflection of me in a way, mm. and I like the thought of that because yeah. I don't try to. I try not to take too much like proper influence, like I don't know, like hear a riff and be like, I want to make something like that. It usually comes from I don't know, just just sitting there with nothing really in my head, and just like listening to it over and over until I don't know, some sort of 
add-on that arrives within my brain or whatever and I, I know exactly what I want to do then instead of it just being like a random like well I'll see what happens mm. and so the inter- interesting aspects of the tracks as well is uh, the variety of, of musical instruments and samples and things so like with uh, with certain house music some of the reasons or house music or electronic music I find that after a few tracks like if, you, if you listen to certain releases if they're not varied enough for me I get quite bored because if it's the same say soundboard for every single song then yeah. there's in my opinion unless you're top tier there's only a certain amount you can do with a certain amount of sounds but there's like there's certain songs which I think yours they either had trumpets in or they had strings or they had this and they were like media samples it seems like that so I'm intrigued by do you do you kind of go into it and go I want there to be trumpets on this as an example I'm not, I don't know if you actually use trumpets or do you kind of just go I have a melody of da 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 and I want that to go on for however long and then you just kind of play around with all the different variants that you could use within the software a little, yeah. Like it, it could be a little bit of trial and error. Like certain brass samples either gel really well from the get go, and you sort of like can rely on them in a way to like always sound nice, or they just sound completely out of place and bad. And that seems to kind of generally go with a lot of different samples. Like, like at first, I would always obsess over like the one that I picked, whether it was that good or not, and try to make it work, and then get annoyed that I kind of couldn't. But now it, I, I just kind of like cycle, cycle through things, you know, like it doesn't work, boom, quickly move on to the next one. Like don't really think too much because sometimes it just, it just works out of nowhere and you don't really know why you're like, boom, yeah, okay. Like I don't ask questions, just get on with it. <laughs> like vocal cuts usually like the same. They either work or they don't. It's quite hard to sort of make it work and like actually do the do for me anyway. <laughs> it's not. And are the vocals, like I mentioned earlier, that COVID uh, has the sort of stay inside bit, are they your, are the vocals that you hear in bits and pieces around that, are they you saying that or did you use them samples as well? COVID was all me, but I think, I don't think there's any other parts of my vocals on the rest of my tracks. Like it's, it's a blossoming fire for me that I I really want to do it, but I'm so self-conscious and I've, I'm really analytical and critical of like every little vocal I ever put down on anything. <laughs> so like I, I do want to do it and I do plan to like go back because I've got loads of recorded vocals, but it's helping. <laughs> and I'd be I'd, I'd I'd want to dissolve if anyone heard them. <laughs> so it, it's it's a labour of love that I will crack down and nail. But I just yeah I need I need a lot of isolated time where I can just do it over and over and basically get the perfect one and then sort of like brag like I did it one take. <laughs> yeah, mate, top vocal. Because <laughs> people have, have approached me recently, people, like a few, a couple of people have messaged me about playing live like after lockdown was actually over. And I've got no idea how I would, to be fair. Like it's always a thought in the back of my head like I'd love to do it. But like the more I thought about it, then I was like, <laughs> especially if realistically I've got to sort of be on the vocals or like I don't know be on the mic in general like, oh how am I going to do it so that would be like quite a, a big mammoth task for me like if I ever get a gig going with this I'd be very proud of myself mm. yeah because I mean one of the notes I had was I was going to ask you about live performance actually because 
you know, with you know, with a rock band, it's easy. You know, you get the four, as example, four people in the practice room. You play enough so you don't sound shit, and then you go on stage and do that. Whereas, when not only you a solo act, you know, I always think about it when you get people like you know Serge Tankian or anyone like that, where they've got you know they're multi instrumentalist, uh, multi instrumentalists. So they play the actual instruments in everything, and you've got this one song that's got like, you know, like fifteen different things going on, and you're like, how how will that translate to live? But when you've got something which uses media samples and like you know a, a brass instrument could come in for 15 seconds and never show up again and it's like would you then because the kind of the way i'm seeing it is almost you, you've almost got the two options isn't it it's almost like you've got the track there and you just kind of play it but is that not really the job of like an mp3 player or you have a soundboard and like i've seen people use them and they're bloody confusing but it's like each you've got like for one song you've got the right things programmed in and then you basically just have to press the things at the same time i mean I, I really like the thought of a mix of that like i'm mm. certain acts like justice i really like because like half because I, I i love the music and secondly because just they're like a live experience more than anything and i love how like they even brought out a, a record that was just their live mix it's like really exciting to kind of hear how Every song bleeds into the next, but they're ever so slightly different. And I would imagine that if you go to see them, like there will be just like tons of differences in every performance. And like, I like the thought of like doing a fairly unique performance for pretty much every single one in that way that like you might never do that certain bit again the same. Mm. But I mean, I, I guess as a general setup, I yeah, basically you have a lot of pads. But then, like, a certain amount of live instruments that I could sort of ad-lib, like certain parts, like those solos or little compy guitar bits, they'd be quite fun just to, like, literally play on the fly. Maybe even, like, vamp over it. <laughs> Annoy the crowd with, like, a 20-minute solo. Like, yeah, I'm loving this. <laughs> Amazing. And another thing, obviously, you touched upon earlier, um, but it's like your artwork is quite sort of it's bright, to be to be honest with you. Do you do you do your artwork yourself and things? Yeah, I try to. And like recently, I've been very tempted to get in touch with a, an animator online called um, Michael Buzan, hmm. and he makes these like kind of like melty, like sort of dreamy cartoon things. I'd love him to do it with the dope logo, but it's it's like mega money that I'm not going to spend on this at the moment. <laughs> But um, yeah, in general, like I, I had a really arty phase a few years back and then sort of had a lot of artwork like on the backlog that I could try and use. But generally, it was just basically knocking up the logo with the pen and then chucking it over my silly photo- like photos and edits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it works nicely. I mean, they do kind of, it's almost, a lot of them are sort of photos of things with either saturation increased or some sort of hue adjustment and things like that. And it, it's almost like, I think it matches the music quite nicely where it's almost like sub-reality in a way. Yeah. I, I, my main focus with that was actually like 90s for like photos. Like when mm. you go and get enveloped and you'd get that spiked one where it like looks like the sun's exploding out of it. <laughs> and I don't know, my music kind of seems to, because it's because I'm still learning how to mix and master probably really, it still sounds like it's like out of a cassette player and a bit rough and ready. And so I like the way that kind of like blends in with it. But um, I had the idea for that like years ago in like a really corny way. I um, I made a dream board a few years ago and like drew all these things that I wanted to achieve on it. And Ah. I drew a little album cover with dope on it. Like I 
I thought that name ages ago, but then sort of like just kept it on the back burner. But yeah, yeah, and I've, I've still got a bit of paper with like the sort of colourful artwork and sort of juicy, vibrant letters. So I was like, yeah, that's that's what it's going to be. I mean, that's already, that's really cool. I mean, with me, like. I'm I I don't have the artist's talent to put anything on paper. Like I've one of the reasons I'm all right at graphic design and stuff is just because there's an undo button and my hands are fucking useless. Like as in I try and draw. I'm like I've got this image in my mind's eye and I'll spend hours trying to draw it. And then you look at it after and you're like this is shit. Not even <laughs> it's just terrible. And like there's something about it that yeah I can play fucking Guitar Hero on Expert, which is a useless skill, but I can't draw anything by stick <laughs> men. In my life, well, uh, I wouldn't start knocking guitar here on expert. That's a it's an insane skill. I don't know if it's I a skill. Oh god! I, to be fair, I think the only person I know I can't do that because I'm not that much of a, a pro. I could do expert. I could do because I've got all the fucking games now. Me and Megan play them sometimes, and she's slowly getting up to it. She can do hard mode now on on uh, most things. Um, <laughs> Hell yeah. It, it's so much fun, but I can't do Through the Fire and Flames. I'm not sure I'll ever be able to, but they did make it easier on Guitar Hero Greatest Hits. Uh, but uh, my mate Kieran, I can't remember if you've met, um, I think he was at the yeah. shooting day. Um, but he can do Through the Fire and Flames. He's done it on Expert. And you're just like, that's that's silly. No one should be able to, no one should be <laughs> able to do that. And then you watch those people on YouTube and get like 100%. You're like, no. It's like it's like a driving test. And they're like, I want to see the analytics and like, how much like what layer of skin of his teeth that he got through by like <laughs> must have got that one extra note and it it, it gave it to him. Oh, 100%. It's a star power. Yeah. And what sort of I've seen in in lockdown a lot of the your time has spent been kind of involved with this. Um, I'm interested. How many is, do you like? I'm interested in knowing people's sort of writing processes in some ways. Of you know, some people I've spoken to uh, are just like. You know, as you say, you get a melody in your head randomly and then you go, you sort it out, you put it on the computer or whatever, and then you leave it. And then some people every day will make sure they spend a certain amount of time in front of the computer doing the thing or other people will just kind of do it when the mood takes them. What sort of one are you more so? Um, I mean, over lockdown, it was almost like at first like a dream come true just because I'd, I'd always wanted that kind of time to sit mm. down and work on it. <laughs> I didn't, you know, like, not all that. I mean, I did work on things every day, but like not as fervently as I thought I would. And I kind of realized like, I don't know, like it'd be a gift if I could do that. Like literally be like, well, I'm just going to sit down and put nine hours in like, boom, let's see what I can get done. It, it, it just doesn't really come out that way. Like, especially, especially for me, like maybe if I was like a better musician, it might do, but like, I've always kind of like plib plobbed through things like, sit down and play just put my fingers on the keyboard and like try and do something to sort of warm myself up very often as well um the first couple of things you play is like i don't know you end up loving it like there's been loads of times where i've literally sat down i had a clueless like idea and just put my hands down and then been like well that's nice yeah i'll use that <laughs> and then something's born but um really throughout lockdown I had this, there was a track that I really liked by, um, oh my God, who is it? The Detroit Swindle. There's, they're kind of like this sort of housey duo, but it's, um, they were kind of using these sort of like modern jazz neo soul like chords in this like really lush like step progression. And I just literally, no matter how many times I listened to it, I couldn't pin my fingers on it or catch that sound. I just had no idea what they were doing. 
and felt completely like floundered. So I spent a lot of time just going back to basics and being like, well, let's really try and learn like why they're doing it and what they're doing instead of just kind of like getting a towel or whatever and like finding out where their fingers are at, like actually learning what's going on with it. And like I said before, I got like a, a half grip. I got enough knowledge to sort of make my own versions of those and sort of half understand why in the theory world they actually work together and I can use them. So loads of different tracks that I've either made or have stockpiled, I just throw off from that every, every mm. day. Trying to catch that sound under my fingers and pin it down, but not really getting there. And then all over all of this time since lockdown, I've just added bits to them and like changed things and like so there's there's quite a few things for me to work on. But I mean I I still make new things all the time, like I can't really help it. Like every week something new just has to be made even if it's bad <laughs> just to kind of going. yeah i mean i've spoken to there's a couple other people i know who uh, make their own music uh either in similar ways you do you know uh, electronic music on software and stuff or other people are songwriters who you know play guitar write down the chords and that sort of stuff and a, a very common thing is and i'm sure it works quite well uh in the sort of genre that you're in is you you get bits and pieces of songs and then one day you'll be putting a song and you're like, something here's missing and I don't know what. And then it just clicks and you're like, wait a minute, haven't I got that 30 minute, a 30 second thing that sounds like this? Well, I wonder if that, and you kind of, it's almost like a Lego piece and you're like, will it fit? And then you click it together. You're like, what the, and, and cause I've spoken to like, um, uh, my mate Callum, who used to be in a band and things, he, him and Reese, they used to be in placeholder. And it was like, they, they, they would have like this riff in one song and a breakdown in another song and another bit in another song and they couldn't make the individual pieces work. But some, at ra- just at a random point, it just kind of clicked and they put all the pieces together in a sense and made this one, in air quotes, super song <laughs> out of all the pieces. Now, I assume that with the, the genre that you're in and, and the way that you work as well and because you've got the recording software at your fingertips, literally, you can kind of do that. You can kind of push bits and pieces together quite a lot. I've, I've tried certainly quite a lot, but it's only really worked once or twice. Like mm. sometimes when, if you lock it to a certain grid, things just aren't really the same. Or like if you, I'm a bugger for not really playing things that in time and then sort of dragging them just to the point where like it swings and catches a beat for like a second or even a microsecond over and then suddenly it's flat and sounds kind of out of place. So there's different ways of sort of doing it, really. Like, um, generally, I try to sort of keep things going as one, really, like sort of staying as the idea, just because otherwise I have gotten into little traps and pits where I've just done that over and over and then sort of ruined things that I've eventually, like, like first of all, thought, oh, there's potential there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then, like, kind of seasoned it, you know, like like a mad chef. And then suddenly it's like the worst tripe. (laughs) (laughs) And like you might as well, because I I try to be as productive as I can be with it and not like catch the telltale signs of a waste of time (laughs) and be like, right, no, just get rid of it. Like you can do something better straight away or work on anything else that you've ever made. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, there's realistically, there's not enough time in the world. Yeah, it is, it is one of those weird things. I mean, because with lockdown, you, it's almost like you've got this whole well of time. Uh, and, you know, me and Megan at the start of lockdown, we're like, oh, we're going to do all this crazy shit. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And the first few months, we're like, yeah, you know, we're going to 
clean this aspect this part of the flat or we're going to finally clear out that stupid cupboard that we've been talking about for ages or you know put this picture up or whatever and when it gets to it, it, it motivation is such a it's such a weird thing because it's like i've I'm not a creative in the same way. I don't create like, you know, music and things, but I've got my two podcasts and I'm like, you know, I'll have like a whole day free and I'll be like, you know what I could do today? I could just sit there and I could edit all my podcasts and I could get it done. And then for months I'd be swimming and then it gets to it. And I'm like, nah, fuck that. And I've just, there's that part in you that is just like, you get in your own way in a lot of ways. Like I, I'm the worst procrastinator. Like if, if I am sitting there and I'm right, right, I've got to do this. I've got two hours to do it. Okay. First half an hour, I'm fucking about doing... I just come up with the most random things. Like, wait a minute. That guy that you've now got in your head for four seconds, wasn't he in this one show you saw ages ago? Now you need to know everything he's ever been in in your life. It's like, that. one of the reasons that I couldn't go to uni, because... I did all right in college, but I kind of just kind of set, not sail through, kind of scrape through college. Uh, I did <laughs> well in school and then college, I just lost all motivation because it was like, oh, you have to do it most yourself when there's not someone watching you. Oh, shit. That's yeah, yeah, and it's like with, so I decided not to go to university or anything. I was like, I don't even want to have to, because I know how much time I'd have to spend on myself. When it's something I'm passionate about, I get bouts of random, like I'll be I'll go to bed and then, you know, I'll be just drifting off and then I'll think of a really interesting podcast guest and I'll have to try and remember to note it down or something. And it's just yeah. a, the kind of weird way I'm going about this string of thoughts is just motivation is, is never necessarily want it to be i wish i could just kind of you know every day of the week get in do several hours of just shit i don't want to do and then i'd have this well of time but it comes in these random bouts and i think lockdown hasn't helped that because the majority of my life now is in this room because this is where i work this is where i hang out with megan yeah. i go for a walk now every each day and at the start of lockdown when megan was off because she's a teacher and stuff um so when lockdown happened she was working from home so we'd go out for runs each day and all kinds of other stuff but now we're still in lockdown and the weather's shit and you still can't really see anyone. So it's like the motivation to do things is not very consistent. It just kind of goes in ups and downs. So I want to ask, do you find that as the same with you? And in line with that, what else do you procrastinate or do great <laughs> spend with your time aside from uh, making music? <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, definitely. There's been like lots of times when I've had like a free evening to myself and thought, well, yeah, I've been I've been waiting to like maybe get a vocal down or like just sit and practice the piano really loudly and just totally not done it. Like looked at it and been like, there's the chance. And I'll tell you what I've been doing: watching Bob's Burgers. Like, <laughs> Amazing. Several times, I'm almost on my my fourth rewatch, and like I've I've never loved on something so hard. Maybe Scrubs, but. <laughs> Yeah, the best show I think I've ever seen. I love like Bob's Burgers. I'm obsessed with it. It is incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, in, in like procrastinating moments, just generally sort of like to lose myself in something like even if it's like a scroll hole on my phone. Mm. Just like taking that time to really not think about anything or not pre not dig at myself for not doing things. I guess just like turn the nagging off and just be like, it doesn't matter if I waste this time. Like just enjoy that. And, and, and normally after I've done that for a bit, the kind of motivation comes from that as such. It's almost like pleasing the ridiculous gremlin within <laughs> like in the same way, like, like Joe Michelle might tell you this, like I've only recently just stopped doing this after about maybe 10 years of setting an alarm for about four thirty in the morning 
just so just because I got so fed up of waking up at classically like ten five minutes before your alarm's supposed to go off. And I was like, nah, you know what? I want to wake up with enough time to look at the clock and be like, yeah, there's a decent sleep there. And then not, and then go back off again. And I, I do these kind of little things all the way through my life. Like just little things that like, even if it doesn't really matter that much, if I don't do them, then like, it really bugs me and I, I can't do the thing that I've set out to do because I haven't done that little ritual that sort of makes it all okay. Like, I mean, I guess like, smoking cigarettes is almost a little bit like that in a way like if you i have one before i get to work then like it's almost like i've ticked that box off and then the day is okay but like if i don't get to do that then like i have to really battle myself within and be like "Mm, just get on with it you idiot like it doesn't matter and yeah trying to get motivation can be a little bit like that if i've had a bit of a chill out but then like crack the whips like i can generally have a good session but it's 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 battling the maintaining that that laziness level mm. where I don't feel like I've like completely pushed myself to do something and maybe not done a great version of it. But also, I mean, you can sit and think over this like forever. Realistically, it, it just gets done when it gets done. I, I do want to push myself to be someone that like brings on like releases a track every month. And realistically, I've got the material enough to do that with. But again, like I, I'm not going to beat myself up if I don't. Like it just kind of happens, you know. Mm. It's that weird balance of, of like you've almost it's almost you've got one voice in your head at once in in a sense. There's always I've always got static. I I kind of describe it as like when you have an analog TV or no channel and it's just that black and white. I've always got a layer of that to some degree in my head over a lot of stuff, and it's like sometimes there's that voice going you should really do more productive stuff you're not doing anything come on do the shit you know get whatever done and then sometimes you'll be doing the stuff and then you have seemingly the same voice going just fucking chill out for once why why are you doing all this all the time you just spent the last however long faffing about this you should deserve to chill out and they start chilling out and then sometimes it's like what are you chilling out for you could be doing and it's 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 a weird thing as you kind of grow as an as an adult where you don't I don't necessarily feel like any adults, myself included, in air quotes, has their shit together. I think you just kind of learn when to listen to that vague voice and when not to. Like to have a a vague semblance of moderation in how much you hate yourself and how much you let yourself do what the fuck you want. There's this really (laughs) weird (laughs) balancing act. That's that's an amazing summation. I I love that. Because, yeah, it is totally true. Like, everyone battles that kind of, like, sort of, I wouldn't say inner hatred, but, like, yeah, like, the yin and yang of, like, your own, like, person and, like, whether you like to be lazy or whether there's that little bit of being like, no, come on, do it, or whether, like, sometimes it really takes someone else being that outside voice to make you do something, like, sort of hats off to my girlfriend for being with me because sometimes, yeah, it, it takes a nag. And so, yeah, I do try to try and try to be mindful of that and sort of like be proactive so that kind of like does really help like fires me up to do things more when maybe if i was sort of by myself i might not because mm. there would be i'd sort of let that that voice get away with it you know like maybe he's he's 60 40 in the scales <laughs> i can control that a little bit yeah it, it, just being being a person is just one of those very weird things, but it is, as you say, like one tries not to, I like to talk about these things. So I'm always interested what other people uh, think about this sort of stuff, but it is one way you have to, in the same token as being 
being able to uh, look inward and trying to make sure that you kind of kind of self-check in some ways, you can easily fall down like a, obviously rabbit holes on the internet of when you, God knows what is one thing, but a rabbit hole of, of yourself can be quite a, especially in time like lockdown, it can be quite easy just to kind of sit there and get almost stuck in like a mind loop of thinking something yeah. about yourself and just not being able to break that chain in a sense. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a sucker for that. Like, I'm the kind of guy that, like, if, if I have, a, like, an argument with someone and then it doesn't get settled or I don't get that kind of validation that it, it's all right, it does my head in and, like, mm. I like to cycle it constantly. And then kind of like you say, yeah, like, there was a few times in lockdown where, like, I don't know, like, maybe 30 minutes ago by and I've been sat looking out of the window just half looking at things quite a lot and just, like, getting sucked into some crazy thought, vortex taken on a journey and then suddenly you're back on the sofa again like fucking hell I just thought about all that stuff for a long time like wow Tom really goes fast when he let it and then sometimes you know just get stuck in a queue time goes fucking slowly and you're like oh, come on why can't I control that it is weird when you when you want loads of time like I don't know why but this is the most random pointless thing ever but I, I listen to podcasts a lot of the time when I'm doing the washing up and I'm always like yeah I've got an hour I'll be able to do the washing up listen to a podcast and do some other shit and then I end up spending a whole hour and I still haven't even done it all and I'm like what and then other times where you're like oh I just you know want this time to be over quickly and it doesn't mean t- there's a there's a song by Chiodos and it's um it it, it links in almost with the, the song name thing we spoke up before which is um Chiodos are one of those weird bands where I, I love the music but the singer's an asshole and I've seen him be an asshole live so I know he is one as well which makes me upset <laughs> um, yeah, verified asshole. I mean, me and Kieran were at Slam Dunk Festival, um, and they were one of the headliners. They were playing in the attic, and um, me and Kieran were watching them, and about half of their set went through. And I, I said to him, and this was the problem. And I said to him, I was like, I've heard that this, this thing is called Craig Owens, and I was like, I've heard this guy's a massive asshole, but he seems all right. Shouldn't have said anything. Someone in the crowd threw a bottle of like a plastic bottle, which seemed to be water, but apparently it was vodka, at him, and he just sulked. Like genuinely, he actually got on. The, he's the singer. He got on the, the the big speaker in the back, and he just sat there, not singing, for literally another four songs. And we're like, and I'm like, did he? Is he? He's been in the music. Chodos have been around for over a decade. It's like, what's happening here? Like, but the, the reason I only bring him up, and it, that story is funny, but it annoys me about that because I couldn't stand the band for several years, and now I've kind of, I can listen to them again without thinking how much I hate him. Um, but. <laughs> they they have a song called Life is a Perception of Your Own Reality, which is genius. And Joe does have some of the best song names e- ever. They've got loads of crazy ones. One of one of my favorites is um, If I Cut My Hair, Hawaii Will Sink. Just do you remember that phase in oh. like the it was like the the post hardcore metalcore slash that that sort of air quotes core oh, scene. Yeah, what you mean? Well, like where a lot of the song titles were quite long, like big sentences. If you if you had an MP3 player, you'd never see the full title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like Devil Wears Prada. They were one of the top tiers of having that sort of thing with like um, mm-hmm. you know, on there with Roots Above and Branches Below album. That was kind of the tail end of when bands stopped doing it for some reason. But it was you know tracks like um my dogs have beards all over or big wiggly style or sassafras or you know i hate buffering things like that and it's just like none of these song names or html rules dude and it's things like that where it's like these song names have no semblance to anything at all and it was this really weird thing that like i talk to megan about it sometimes and i read them out to her because it's funny but 
it sounds so lame, but like people who are alternative kids, essentially, in the alternative scene in sort of uh, the the turn of the 2010s, almost. It was that sort of time where just for some reason, for about four or five years, every band, like Ask Alexandria did it for their first album. I don't think they did it for the second album. Devres Prada did it for like four or five albums. Chodos, all those sort of bands. They just, they're the most ridiculous random song names you've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I don't know, I, I almost like that in a way that, because I sound like an idiot saying it, but like it's, it's quite a millennial thing, like before the word even existed, like I think they kind of embodied a lot of that and like how the, like, the throwaway sort of youth culture. And I, I, I almost got into the sort of like naming songs like that, you know, like in that kind of like, like you say, completely meaningless way, just like making it a bit like quirky-esque or something. Like I even had a, like an epiphany the other day about making a track called Quirty, just because I like it. But <laughs> but that Do really into that, doesn't it? Like it doesn't matter. It sounds like not that anyone's going to really be asking me what it means, but <laughs> yeah, <'cause> it's, <laughs> there's nothing in it. It's quirky. Oh, it's it's like I know um uh, our mutual friend Tom when he was in the band I think it's Oceans Eight Alaska I think the band name was wait yeah. was that another band I always forget he was in two bands and I remember one of them did have that sort of weirdness of of calling tracks really random things I should have asked him beforehand because I'd love to have re- read some of them out because some of them are hilarious um, <laughs> but I, I want to ask as well like generally speaking for like say the next year or two what are your general plans in a sense of like releasing music because one thing i'm always intrigued by is the difference between releasing numerous eps or an album so what what is your kind of vague if you have one a vague goal in a sense i i mean i dream of making albums like i'm, I'm a big concept album guy and like mm. really that is my ultimate dream is to make like a not in a like kind of like edl patriotic way but like a very british sounding i mean to be fair like the streets like mm. It's not. I don't quite like sort of dig the style so much nowadays. But like, I love what he did with that. Like a very kind of UK music sound because I, I don't feel like bad for being patriotic about British music as such. Mm. Like, I think it's quite like a we've had quite an institution of like sort of historic bands and like music. And yeah, that was kind of like my main goal a few years ago, and I still hold the candle for it. But it's major work, and realistically. To kind of gain followers as such, it's, it's almost like a business. Like I've been learning this a lot more the more I've gotten into it. It's like like a YouTuber. Like realistically, you need to be consistent with just showing people that you're there because you're kind of clickbait and you're not always going to get clicked on. It's not like your ITV with someone who's got five channels to watch. Hmm. Like anyone be doing whatever they want. So realistically you just have to be pumping singles out and like just being being like okay well don't got a new track this month i may not listen to this one but like next month there'll probably be another one and you can't get like trapped in that realistically i think until you're picked up by bigger people because i yeah I'd, I'd love to be commissioned and have the time to like sit and do like a full full album full kind of like score like my master work but at the same time, like I said to you about how I want it to kind of a little be like be a little bit like a journey, like it'd be nice to kind of work my way to that. Like I almost kind of was a big guy that dreamed that I released another album after the astonishing. I was like, just end with the astonishing, like come on, like, 
to this fucking concept like rock opera like done well you can rest in peace guys so I think you've done it in my eyes but yeah maybe that would be a good thing to aspire to get to a point where I could really be happy with the sound and my skills of like making a decent record and have it sound good because I've, I've become a lot more obsessed with that in the last couple of months like being very aware that like realistically I've got a bit of a scratchy garage sound and now I feel like I've sort of outgrown it and I want to show that I can make a polished piece of work that can be played anywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that people do, they do like the journey. You know, people people like to watch you grow. I mean, I had a guest on a little while ago now, his name is Maxwell Ivy, and he's a blind man and he lost his vision, I think when he was about... 16 17 or so and he's completely blind uh, and he's so he's so inspirational you talk to him and he like motivated me for months just having one conversation with him and he's just so positive about stuff and he said uh, we were talking about like i've got all my old episodes are still up like um from the, the first one i did in genuine chit chat of reese and there's a couple which the audio sounds a bit crap because i didn't understand how mike's fully worked with the distancing and things i didn't do the editing right blah 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 and I said to him, I was like, I've just still got them up because I'm happy with them. And he said, one, one thing that is quite undervalued is how much people like growing. Like, like watch, they, they like it if they were into you, say, at this point, and then several years on, your work has clearly changed in quality as well as the direction you're going with as you're going because they feel like you're growing with them. So what you said there, yeah. I think, is quite, you've got that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's nice. Like, I can... I'm I'm jealous of anyone that got to grow up with David Bowie being like that. Like mm. it's it's a joy to kind of sit through his discography and sort of like hear the sound change and like the different characters and like even just how like the music like is perceived in that sense and like you can get different sort of sounds with it every different time you listen. But yeah, like it, it's kind of cool. Like it it works in different ways, doesn't it? There are certain bands that change things quite dramatically and it really does like divide the audience like um like metallicus and anger for for instance like it was only realistically within metal quite a small change but enough to put people off until death magnetic came back and kicked him <laughs> in the neck and showed the metallicus back yeah yeah like it's a different different cats for different hats you know mm. you can have that one for free <laughs> oh, thanks i'm gonna write that down i'm gonna make that on a t-shirt <laughs> 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 oh man um i mean we're getting basically to the hour mark now and it, it's been really cool uh chatting with you again obviously i haven't seen you for ages and i can't wait to see you again uh in person whenever that will yeah, be bloody knows yeah is, is there anything else you sort of wanted to um anything i haven't asked you anything else you kind of want to uh speak about uh before kind of hang this up um no not really like it's kind of on on a blank one to be fair like Anyone listening out there? My name's Dope, D-H-O-P-E, I like his name. I'm on Spotify. We've got a new EP called Midfire out right now. Go tr- go check it out. Be like crazy beats and like progressive electronic, which is what I'll call it now. <laughs> yeah, give me a listen. I'd be so thankful if you did. Yeah, and I'll be sure to include links in the uh, description and stuff. And um, yeah, I did a little thing on my, my story about um, about one of your recent tracks, and then I'll be I'll be sure to make another post on there at some point soon as well. Um, I do occasionally do things on Music Monday, so I want to kind of uh, a try. It's, social media is quite a drag sometimes. It's like I, I want to just, is I want people 
I want people like yourself and anyone I interact with who I think is cool or talented or whatever to, I want to be able to just kind of click my fingers and then what I'm thinking just to kind of already be out there, not have to faff about writing the paragraph and the hashtags and all that sort of other stuff. But I'll definitely be sure to, as more of your stuff comes out, I'll be definitely sure to share it and whatever. And then in the description, I'll include links to your social media and to your Spotify page as well. Um, but as I said, I'm I'm not an individual who generally likes uh house or chill step or any of the more chilled electronic stuff that much but i genuinely really liked what you've done and as i said specifically if anyone is listening and is kind of in the same boat i am if you listen to monday morning and covid like uh, maybe maybe uh country garden dream because those i'd say are for me as someone who isn't into that genre as much those were the three tracks i liked the most so if people just check out a few things you know nothing can hurt from just listening to a bit of stuff you know it can mean the world to dave and it only takes a few moments no well, yeah thank you very much for your kind words man thank you very much for having me it's all good i'm sure we'll be able to have you on again hopefully when lockdown is over we can do this at some point in person as well because that'd yeah. be really cool uh, we need yeah. to go see the book of mormon together oh, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i was going to be seeing it this year and then it got postponed to next year allegedly oh mm. uh, well well i'll uh, stop recording here now anyway it's been wonderful yeah all right and that's the end of the podcast thanks as always for tuning in guys i always appreciate it muchly and also i'd also appreciate it loads if you go and check out dope on spotify or on soundcloud wherever you really fancy listening to the music uh dope as dave eloquently put is spelled d-h-o-p-e and i have included links to spotify soundcloud as well as his instagram and his facebook in the show notes make sure you check it out and give dave all the love because he will appreciate it a huge amount and so would i so coming up i have got a podcast due for recording this monday which is tomorrow oh god it's just hit me here okay it's a i got a podcast recording due tomorrow and i'm very very excited for this it's one of the guests i've been more excited for than most other guests i've ever spoken to on genuine chit chat so it is a really big thing for me um they're a star wars author i can't say anything else about them specifically but the episode should be dropping this time next week so it should be episode 110 i'll also be posting it on star wars comics in canon as well which is my other show that i'll talk about a little bit later and yeah i'm just excited to speak with them and i can't say much more than that but it is just (laughs) it's going to be really cool so if you're into star wars or you're into uh, authors and people talking about the writing process and books and things like that it's going to be a great one for you next week if you don't like star wars sorry (laughs) there's not much i can do about that uh then i've got episodes from going from there there's a couple i've kind of got in due for recording and things um i haven't worked out exactly perfectly what i'm going to be doing but there there is i'm going to do a collaboration with someone and there's another thing i'm doing as well um but i've got a couple podcasts already due for recording in january as well um there's going to be another musical artist i speak to hopefully there's going to be someone who's another filmmaker uh which will be the third or fourth filmmaker i've spoken to on the podcast which is going to be really cool lots of other things here and there as well i'm sure next year everyone will get another appearance of goff because he's recently started a podcast which quite excited about and there's lots of other things that are going on in the background there's people i've spoken to there's other collaborations i'm going to be doing with you know i've written a whole book 
I've got a notepad and I've got the whole first page is just names of people that I've either said we'll do some sort of collaboration in 2021 or someone I want to reach out to or someone who's reached out to me and I didn't have time to speak with them this year. It's been a busy, crazy year for podcasting, but it's been loads and loads of fun. I just want to say thank you to everyone who is always listening. I do really appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate all of you. Even if this is your first time listening, I appreciate you giving my show a go. And if you never listen again, I will be sad that you never listen again, but I am happy that you gave this one a go. In line with that, as I try and say to people, is that if you want to share the show, share it on you know social media. It is at Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. Links are in the show notes as per usual. Uh, and also, if you really want to help out the show, recommend it to other people. Any people who like podcasts, you know, if, if your friends like Joe Rogan or Scroobius Pip or any interviewee style kind of podcast, send my show my, their way. Then maybe some really cool stuff that they're into you know the whole back catalogue has got loads of different things in there I've had filmmakers as I've said loads of musicians I've had other podcasters so it's a really good way to kind of find other podcasts you want to be into loads of nerdy conversations and movie related things I've had stuff about mental health about fitness about lots of different things uh, I think my most popular episode is the one I did I think it's episode 52 is I is a two-parter with Bill M who's a magister for the Church of Satan that's one that always comes up the people generally that's the first one they hear of my show uh so you know loads of different things uh if you go on youtube where almost no one listens to on youtube at all which is completely fine because the numbers on all the other podcast traps and stuff is uh, much higher let's say <laughs> much 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 more substantial uh than it is on youtube youtube is literally almost no one listens on youtube if you are listening on youtube right now thank you but yeah the numbers on youtube do not reflect the show's audience at all but with youtube i have put things into playlists so i've put things into different genres so if you want to kind of listen to more of the back catalog of genuine chit chat and you don't really want to wade through you know this is episode 109 including two parters and things there's over like 150 episodes that have actually been released in a sense so it's like if you don't want to trudge through all of them and read all that sort of jazz if you're just like i want to listen to something that's a bit more fun and funny and people having a laugh there's a playlist for that on youtube if you want to just hear stuff about movies there's a playlist for that same with music, same with science stuff, same with, uh, I think, religion and spirituality, same with uh, business-related ones, same with other podcasters. There's, there's loads of different ones, so make sure you check out the back catalogue. And we've got a very exciting year planned for 2021 already. So I'm I'm just over the moon. I'm, I'm excited to be able to show these uh, all these amazing guests I'm going to be talking to. I'm going to highlight them to you, lovely audience. And um, aside from that, really, I'm going to say there's a couple of things I've been involved with. So... The most recent thing was I was on an episode of Comics on Trial, and on Comics on Trial, I was prosecuting Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, and good friend of the show, Tony Farina, was defending it, and my self-proclaimed co-host and my girlfriend, she was the judge, Megan, any listeners of the show will vaguely recognise her, and she's been on numerous episodes and whatnot, and... Yeah, it was a really, really fun one because I've been on Comics on Trial before where I was defending The Phantom Menace against Scott Weatherly, the 20th century geek who's been on the show only a few episodes ago. And so it was quite fun to kind of swap it and prosecute The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, to clarify, I'm not necessarily saying Rise of Skywalker is the worst of all the Star Wars films, but I, I do not hold it greatly, uh, if I'm honest. I enjoy the film. Genuinely, it is a enjoyable movie. It's just got a lot of holes in it unfortunately but if you're interested in hearing that obviously a lot of my content is seem to be it's quite star wars uh, centric if you're interested in that make sure you go check out it's on the feed of comics in motion uh, lots of the people i collaborate with are some sort of 
connection to Comics on Motion. Tony Freena's got into Comic Spotlight on Comics on Motion, which comes out every Friday. My other show, Star Wars Comics and Canon, comes out every Saturday on, on there. At the moment, for The Mandalorian Series 2, we're doing a weekly show where different hosts are, are basically hosting it, but I've been making sure to record like a little nugget of information i think we're calling it now uh which is you know normally five or ten minutes or so of me giving extra context to certain episodes about certain characters they've connected to like in the episode the jedi the person who showed up in that if you haven't seen them in anything before i give some context to that they also did a name drop as well in that episode so i give more context to them as well so it's that kind of thing so as well as that as i said there's lots of other things I've been involved with. I have got the information in these show notes, and there's other collaborations I'm going to be involved with soon too. I was also on episode 42 of Indie Comics Spotlight, where myself and Tony spoke with the author Mark Russell about his comics, The Second Coming and Billionaire Island. Uh, and yeah, I did the Scott Pilgrim review as well on Comics in Motion, also with Tony, and I recently appeared on the Robin Slim show, which was released November 17th. So lots of collaborations, lots of fun things I've been involved with. Make sure you check me out on all of those things, because there's no reason why you can't listen to not only Genuine Chit Chat, but also Styles Comics in Canon, then the Mandalorian specials of Styles Comics in Canon, and every single other podcast I've ever been involved with ever. You also need to do that clearly um i if you can't tell by my voice i am joking i appreciate all you guys listening up to this point you know it's towards this end bit where it just gets a bit rambly doesn't it and i don't really edit it very much i just kind of let myself waffle on until i kind of run out of steam um but yeah that's basically where the steam ends so as i said thanks as always for listening guys i really really appreciate it make sure you tune in next week for a guest i'm incredibly excited for as well as i will be releasing some vague semblance of a christmas special as well and i've got other collaborations on the way so very exciting stuff follow me on social media review share with your friends do all that usual jazz anyway guys thank you as always and I'll talk to all of you next week.